All right, well, my name is Owen, and I'm one of the uh, pastors here at Emmaus, and we're going to call a very small audible on how we were arranging our uh, worship service. We were going to do the offering right now, but I want us to wait, and we're going to do the offering at the end of the, uh, end of the service. We're going to sing a hymn that many of you know really well, I Surrender All, and while we sing that final hymn, we'll have, our, we'll have our offering time there at the end of the service. If you're a guest of ours, this morning, like David said, this service is going to feel uh, a little bit different because earlier we gathered with several hundred people at 8.30 and sent out teams throughout the community to do service projects. And one of the things I love about that is one of the families, one of the couples that went out with those projects, at they, they were here at 8.30, their first time to visit Emmaus was last year when we did Serve Day. <laughs> So they came into a room that had about 50 people in it, uh, like, like we have here this morning. They came in here. It was the first time they, they'd ever been here at, at Emmaus. And he is actually going to be baptized in the next couple of weeks. And their family is connected here uh, with our church family. They had their little kid with them. They were going out to do uh, one of the service projects this morning. So it was so neat to see how from that service, that serve day, uh, when they walked in at 10.30 to kind of an empty room a year ago to where their family is now, uh, to where that dad is and leading out with his family and being baptized soon. And it, it was a really neat picture to, to see that this morning. Uh, guys on the uh, slide, if you jump ahead to the next slide, I want to do this as an introduction and then we're going to pray before we get into the, uh, into the time of studying scripture this morning. During the month of May, here at our church, we're playing off the word Emmaus for the name of our church, and we're saying Emmaus. Uh, what does it mean that God brings us together as a church? What have we been called to do? And so when we talk about what it means to be a church family, we talk about that we exist to proclaim and display Jesus. Everything we do, we want it to be about speaking about the things of Jesus and living lives that reflect that God has impacted our lives, and that we, this is what it looks like to follow after Christ. The way we do that is through three words, up, in, out. We use those words because they're words our kids can hold on to, uh, but frankly, adults do pretty well with them as well. If you grew up in church, we're talking about worship, discipleship, missions. If those words make sense to you, that's great. Go with those. But we talk about up, in, and out. And so in the four weeks of May, the first week we talked about prayer. How do we live up toward God through prayer and through praise, through worship? Last week, we talked about how we have relationships with one, with one another in order to grow as disciples. So how do we learn to follow Jesus it's not a private, isolated thing. We do that in relationship with one another as we learn to follow after Christ. This week is all about out, about missions. What does it mean as a church to be on mission? And so I'm going to lead us through some passages of Scripture to talk about that. Next week, we come together, we celebrate the Lord's Supper together, and we talk about how do we keep going in those things. Because remember, worship, discipleship, Missions, up, in, out, those are not one-time realities. We don't worship, go to Sunday school for discipleship, do a service project for missions, and they're, they're not one-offs. They're all about how God is working in our life. I'm continually worshiping the Lord. We want to continually be growing as disciples. You are continually on mission from the moment you leave here in about 55 minutes 
all throughout the week until we gather next week, you remain on mission. You didn't have to go out and be a part of a project this morning. Don't, don't feel guilty. Say, oh, man, if I was really going to be a good Christian, I would have gone out this morning. No, those are great that we sent those teams out. God's going to be at work in your life this week. There is something that he's going to call you to do that will allow you to share the gospel with somebody else. And so that's kind of where we are as a church, especially if you're new to Emmaus and what's going on. That's what we're doing during this month. Uh, it leads into, in the month of June, we have Vacation Bible School the first week of June. So if you have neighbors or family members with little kids and Vacation Bible School would be a great connection point for them, get them signed up for Vacation Bible School. That happens the first week of June. Many of you could point back to Vacation Bible School probably as a key time in your own life of thinking about what it means to be a follower of Jesus and be a part of the church. And so we want you to be a part of that. And then the other thing I would point you toward, June the 10th, that second Sunday of June, we have our next membership class. And so that happens at 9.15, the second Sunday of most months during that throughout the calendar year. And so if you're curious, hey, what does it mean to be a part of this church? Where's Emmaus going? You know, what do they believe? Those type of things. We'd love for you to, to be a part of that. All right, so that's enough. Welcome. Give you a framework for where we are. I want to pray for us right now, and then we're going to look at God's word together in a couple of different places. Let's pray together. Father, thank you for what it means to gather together and worship, Father. Thank you for David leading us through, through those songs of worship and praise. And we know we worship you through music. We worship you in this very moment through prayer as we, as we set our hearts on you. And God, we worship you as we open scripture together, the way that that happened during the Sunday school time, the way it happens right now. And then, God, as we get in the car and go home, we worship you through our conversations, through the way that we use our time and our resources this afternoon as we care for one another. God, we know that everything we have is from you, and everything we have is for you. And so, God, I pray that you would use these next few moments um, to impact our lives and our families and our church. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. If you would, open your Bible to the book of Acts. Acts chapter 1. This morning, we're going to look at three passages of Scripture that frame for us how we understand missions here at Emmaus. We talked about up, in, out. We're talking about out this morning. I want you to have three passages of Scripture. Most of the time at Emmaus, we'll take one passage of Scripture and just really look at it piece by piece on a Sunday morning during the sermon. This morning, I want to put together three pieces of Scripture that identify how we approach missions here at our church. And if you were to go to EmmausOKC.org, to our website, and you went to the missions page, you would find these passages of Scripture. You would find this strategy laid out there on the website. And so I want to walk you through those passages, and we're going to do that this morning. On the screen is Acts chapter 1, verse 8. However, if you have your Bible open, I'd like to start in verse 6, reading there in Acts chapter 1. Here's what it says. So when they had come together, they asked him, Lord, will you at this time restore the kingdom to Israel? What, what's your plan going to be about? How are you going to bring that about? He said to them in verse 7, it is not for you to know times or seasons that the Father has fixed by his own authority. So you can't control that. Don't, don't worry about that. But verse 8, 
you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. If you got a copy of the bulletin, you want to follow along on the back with some sermon notes, I want you to know that we have an Acts 1-8 strategy as we think about being a church that is on mission, a church that's trying to live out. Now, let's be careful with the word strategy from the very beginning. Strategy, marketing, nothing wrong with those. Those are good gifts from God. The problem is when those things come to replace the power of the Spirit of God. Because that is not what we have been called to. We have a strategy, but it is a strategy that only makes any sense if we are empowered by the Spirit of God and are being led by the Spirit of God. Do we want to be smart? Absolutely. Do we want to be wise? Absolutely. Do we want to think about these? Yes. But the strategy for doing missions as the church of God only makes sense if it's being led and empowered by the Spirit of God. Up here on the screen at the bottom, Acts chapter 2, it says, When the day of Pentecost arrived, they were all filled with the Holy Spirit. So I told you that this morning we sent teams out into the community. We did that in part because today, as many of you know, is the five-year anniversary of not the only tornado, obviously, that came through, but one of the most significant in recent years, the May 20th, 2013 tornado. Today is the five-year anniversary of that tornado coming through. Uh, It's a tornado that affected so many people in this area. After that storm went through, uh, Briarwood Elementary, the following school year, had school here in the Emmaus Church Building. Um, So Emmaus made room for Briarwood Elementary to come in and, and meet here. As many of you know, Plaza Towers uh, Elementary was obviously affected by that. Jim Lehu, who is the associate pastor here at Emmaus and guides so much of our mission work, is connected in so many ways with the local schools. I want you guys to be praying for Jim because this afternoon, both at Briarwood and especially at Plaza Towers, Jim has been asked to come and pray and speak to the parents and the teachers, and some of the community leaders. Jim, at 5 o'clock today at Plaza Towers, is going to be asked to speak. And Plaza Towers, as many of you know, is where the seven little kids uh, lost their life. And so Jim is asked that we pray for him, that he would have wisdom. What do you say in that situation where family members are gathered, community leaders are gathered, teachers are gathered? And Jim said, I'm just going to share the gospel. I'm going to speak to them about the hope that we have in Christ We hurt with them. We hurt for them. Uh, Jim hosted through your giving as a church family. Jim provided lunch this last week for the Briarwood teachers. And in that meeting, Jim said, there were teachers who began to talk to him and began to have conversations. And they said, we have not talked about this for five years. For five years, we've bottled up inside us everything that happened. We've never talked to anybody. We've never shared with anybody. And at that lunch that Jim provided, some things started to come out and people began to talk to one another and share some of the things that they had faced and held inside over these last several years. Uh, Before coming to Emmaus, my family and I pastored on the Gulf Coast of Mississippi at a place called Bay St. Louis, Mississippi. Bay St. Louis was ground zero for Hurricane Katrina coming on shore. Uh, New Orleans got a lot of the press coverage, and as it well should have because of what happened in New Orleans, but ground zero 
for Hurricane Katrina was Waveland, Mississippi, Bay St. Louis, Mississippi, that area right there on the coast. And so on the 10-year anniversary of Hurricane Katrina coming on shore, our church at First Baptist Bay St. Louis, we hosted a serve day very similar to what Emmaus has done this morning. Um, and some of the people came up to me before that serve day on the 10-year anniversary of Hurricane Katrina, and they said, Owen, behind you, support you, think this is a great idea. I can't come that day. I, I probably won't leave my house that day because of all the emotions, all the pain, everything that is still there even 10 years after that hurricane. And we're reminded that in the area that we live in, even five years after or a certain number of years after something happens, people still carry a lot of hurt around with them. And so we say that we are going out empowered by the Spirit of God, not going to say, hey, let's make much of us, not going to just pat somebody on the back. We're going empowered by the Spirit of God to be witnesses, not salespeople. We are going to be witnesses, to say this is how I've experienced the power of God at work in my life. This is what we see in Scripture. I just want to speak to you about that, and I want to show you how that has impacted my life. And there is such freedom. I think a lot of people are turned off because they think of missions and evangelism, and they immediately think of selling something. And that couldn't be further from what you find in Scripture. It's not going out to sell something. You're not going up to somebody's door to knock and say, hey, I've got a great vacuum cleaner for you. You're going up to say, I just want to be a witness. I want to tell you about what God's done in my life. I want to be able to pray for you and care for you. Down there at the bottom, Acts 2, remember on the day of Pentecost, they were all filled with the Holy Spirit. The power of God's Spirit doesn't just work through the church staff. And the power of God's Spirit doesn't just work through the missionaries that we send out. The Spirit of God empowers the church of God to be able to go out and share that good news. And that's something I love about Emmaus, is that, that what happens in and through our church is not just dependent on a couple of people. It's God at work throughout the church family. Here's something really, here's something really neat. This morning is not just the five-year anniversary of the tornado. Did you know this morning is Pentecost? Celebrated in churches around the globe Today is the celebration of Pentecost, that time, seven weeks following on from Easter, Pentecost related to the word for 50, but it was a celebration that even connected back to an Old Testament festival, but it was the time when the power of God's Spirit came upon the people so that they would be sent out to be the church, to share the word of God. Where? In Jerusalem, in all Judea and Samaria, and to the end of the earth. If those place names up there don't mean a lot to you, think about it like concentric circles. That's not a perfect illustration, but it's the idea of an ever-expanding area. That they started at Jerusalem, they went to Judea and Samaria, and then to the ends of the earth. The good thing about that verse up there is it's actually the pattern for the book of Acts. As you read the book of Acts, what you're finding is from Acts 1-8 on, just a working out of that verse how God's Spirit empowers the people to be witnesses in an ever-growing area. And every time they go out, they have to cross another boundary. They run into a geographic boundary, or they run into an ethnic boundary, or they run into some sort of different boundary, and God's Spirit continues to lead them on. So the good thing about having Acts 1-8 there 
is that is the strategy not only for how you read the book of Acts, but how we live as the church. So that's the first thing I want you to know, is we have an Acts 1-8 strategy, which leads us to the second part with Matthew 28 purposes. If you turn in your Bible, or if you have your phone in front of you, and you go back just a couple of books, you'll go to Matthew chapter 28. Now, if you hang around Emmaus very long, you'll know that we go back to Matthew 28 quite often, and we do that on purpose because repetition is good for the soul, um, and you have those places in Scripture. They're not more the Word of God than other places, but they do become a hook. They become kind of that place you can go back to and center and focus, and then God sends you back throughout the Word to understand how He's at work. So Acts 1-8 strategy leads to Matthew 28 purposes. Matthew 28 Starting in verse 18, Jesus came and said to them, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Just a quick stop there to be reminded that when we talk about going out, when we talk about missions and evangelism and sharing the good news with others, one of the things that gives us freedom in that is it's not your idea to go out. You're not going out in your own power. You're going out because of the authority of Jesus. He's the one who sends people to go out. Um, this would be like in your house if you have your kids, your grandkids around. And we have, uh, so we have three kids. We have a, a girl who's 11, boy who's nine, girl who's six. I know those studies about birth order say that they're, you know, birth order is not that important. Birth order matters. Like, <laughs> birth order, there's a lot to this idea of, of birth order. And specifically, first child female uh, when, when it comes to, to birth order. First child female, driven, type A, little mom, in charge of everything, you know, could, could run the home if, if asked to. Um, and then whoever comes after that is just has to follow first child, especially female, around, around the house. And so sometimes one of the younger kids will come running up to us and say, my sister told us we had to do something. Well, that never came from the parents. That was just sister deciding she was going to run the home <laughs> at that moment and tell her siblings what, what to do. When you hear about the church going out, I want you to know when we say missions is really important, it's not Owen and Jim having the authority to tell you to go out and share the gospel. It's the authority of Jesus. All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to him. What does he tell them to do? Verse 19. Go. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you always to the end of of the age. Why does he tell them go at that point? I think part of the reason goes back to Matthew chapter 17 where Jesus brought some of his closest disciples up onto a mountain for something called the transfiguration where he was going to show them his glory and power. And one of the disciples at that point said, Jesus, let's set up some tents and we can just stay right here. Like, we're having this incredibly powerful experience. We're seeing your glory. Let's just stay here. And Jesus knows 
that people are prone just to stay right where they are, especially if you're having this incredible spiritual experience. The problem is we're not made to live on that mountain separated from the people who need to hear that good news. We're prone to do that. You think about the, New, or the Old Testament, the story of the Tower of Babel. They're going to build a mountain so that they could reach up to heaven, and then they were all just going to stay right there. And Jesus said, that's not my plan. I've gathered you on this mountain so you would see my power for the purpose of them saying, go. I'm sending you. We're not going to stay right here. You need to go to the places that I'm going to send you. What do you do when you get there? You make disciples, which is simply helping someone know how to follow Jesus, how to be baptized, and helping people then know how to obey him, to follow what he calls you to do. Baptizing, teaching them to observe. Who do you do that with? You do that with all nations. That this is a message not designed just for the people in the mountain. (laughs) It's a message not just designed for the people who seem to have it together. In fact, Jesus says it's a message for those who are sick and hurting and lost. It's a message for all people. Sometimes we need that gentle reminder that Jesus is not the Western God. He's not the American God. All authority has been given to him in heaven and on earth. He is the one who is worthy of all worship, and we want everyone to be able to follow him. Which brings me to something that I want you to be familiar with at Emmaus. When we talk about missions here at Emmaus, we want to talk about neighborhoods and nations. Neighborhoods and nations. You're going to hear that language quite a bit from me. Uh, In fact, I think Neighborhoods and Nations is probably going to be the title of kind of our next long-range plan, long-range vision of where where God is taking us as a church. Here's the reason behind that. One, Christians have a bad habit of getting caught up in this division between should we do a lot of mission work right here where we are because there's a lot of people in need, or should we go to other countries and tell people about Jesus? Jesus. Oh, gosh, well, that's a division that you won't find anywhere in Scripture. Um, Do we need to do mission work right here? A hundred percent we do. There are people hurting who need Jesus, who need to find the love of God. Do we need to go other places and tell people who haven't heard? Absolutely we do. We need to do both of those things. We need to be intentional and urgent about what God has called us to do. So we do that neighborhoods and nations. Here's the other reason this is important. Emmaus, the history of our church here— gathered together goes back to the mid-1980s um in the early 80s first baptist Moore, uh specifically paul box and and boyd rayburn who were kind of leaders in the area and paul box was the pastor there they had a vision of a church being planted out to the south and west of Moore because one day Moore was going to grow south and west and norman was going to grow northwest and oklahoma city was going to come south And so Emmaus started out here on a land island. And little by little, neighborhoods did start to grow up. Neighborhoods did start to develop in this area. But here's where we have to be cautious. For Emmaus to get started and really start to develop, people drove in here. They didn't all live close here. They they drove in because they felt like God had called them to this place. And Emmaus has an incredible history of ministering to the nations, sending out missionaries, sending out mission trips, doing things. Here's what we have to be so careful of, that we don't miss these neighborhoods that God has placed right around us. 
that part of the vision, part of the calling back in the day for First Baptist Moore to establish a church here is knowing that one day neighborhoods would grow up here. And now we're living in the result of those prayers. We're seeing that promise of God come to fruition. And the worst mistake we can make is to look over top of or past the people that God has placed right here in our backyard. And so at Emmaus, what we're thinking about over the next few years is how do we do neighborhoods and nations? How do we equip people and send them out to love their neighborhood and especially these neighborhoods that God has placed right around us? And then how does God send us to the nations to take the gospel to people who have never heard? Here's the fun part about that and and the part that I'm really excited about. Oftentimes what God does, he brings the nations into our neighborhoods. Um, And so he has developed in South Oklahoma City, Northwest Norman, Southwest Moore, he has brought the nations into our neighborhoods. They live right here next, next door to us. And we don't take that from a, look at us, we're better than everybody else, because unless you have a lot of Jewish people that live around you, every one of us, scripturally, represents the nations. We come from outside the Jewish people, and God calls us in, and so we say, we're going to make sure everybody is able to hear about the good news of Jesus. A man named Nick Ripkin, who has, well, that's not his actual name, that's his writing name because of some of the mission work that he does, But he says that the Great Commission is the most anti-racist phrase in Scripture. Go and make disciples of all nations means all nations, all peoples that God has called us to. And so what we want to do as Emmaus is we want to say we're going to go to the neighborhoods and to the nations for this goal. Turn your Bible to Revelation chapter 7. So we have an Acts 1 strategy with Matthew 28 purposes for a Revelation 7 goal. So you go to the very end of your Bible, to that final book, Revelation. Look in chapter 7. I want you to see this this picture here. We're going to start in verse 9 of Revelation 7. John says, After this I looked... And behold, a great multitude that no one can number from every nation, from all tribes and peoples and languages, standing before the throne and before the Lamb, clothed in white robes with palm branches in their hands, and crying out with a loud voice, Salvation belongs to our God who sits on the throne and to the Lamb. Okay. Here's where it all, the circle comes back together. We've been called to worship, so we live up, up toward God, prayer and praise, trusting Him. In, God begins to transform our lives from the inside out. He creates His church. He brings us together. He gets us in His Word. He changes our life. We go out in order to share that good news. For what purpose? That the circle would stop there? No way. So that the people you go to are then drawn to worship God. We don't go out to make ourselves feel better. We don't go out to somehow pacify our conscience. We don't go out just because it's a good thing to do good things to other people. We go out for the goal of Revelation chapter 7. That people from every nation and language and tribe would be, would be called together to give worship to God. Because he is worthy of that worship. And so you live up toward God in worship. 
He transforms your life. You're sent out to share so that other people will then worship, be transformed, sent out. So that other people would worship, be transformed, sent out. We will give ourselves to that purpose. Look at this quote that's on the screen. And, and I don't have a bulletin in front of you, but it may be printed on the bulletin as well. I, I, I just can't remember. Um, if it is on the bulletin, it may be in small print, so you have to get your magnifying glass out. But uh, here's the quote. Missions going out is not the ultimate goal of the church. Worship is. Missions exist because worship does not. We go out because there are people who are not worshiping God. That, that's what drives us. Worship is ultimate, not missions, because God is ultimate, not man. When this age is over and the countless millions of the redeemed fall on their faces before the throne of God, missions will be no more. It is a temporary necessity, but worship abides forever. So worship is the fuel and the goal of missions. Because of our great God, that is what compels us to go and love and tell others for the purpose that they would worship God and see how good and powerful and loving he is. And so when I think about what God has called us to as a church, we want to be so careful. And this has happened to me personally in my life in the, the last few months. Seeing how easily distracted we are by things that just frankly are not that important, that take us away from what really matters, and so I want you to know that we are going to give ourselves to passionate worship. We're going to give ourselves to transformative, life-changing discipleship. And we are going to give ourselves to missions, to sharing the good news of Jesus. And we're not going to let anything get in the way of that. I'm going to live my life up toward God, giving him everything I have in prayer and praise. I'm going to ask him to change me from the inside out. And then I'm going to ask him to work through me so that other people would know the good news of Jesus. That's what he's called us to as a church. That's what he's called us to as families. That's what he's called us to as individuals. And we're going to give ourselves to that with everything we have. We're going to live by faith. We're not going to live in fear. I pray that God's at work in your life in powerful ways. Work through those patterns. Am I worshiping God? Am I giving him everything I have? Am I in a position, am I in relationships and Bible studies where he's beginning to change my life from the inside out? All those old ways are beginning to slowly, slowly, slowly start to turn over and I'm seeing that change happen. And then, am I constantly thinking about, God, how do you want to use me? How do you want to work through me so that other people would know the good news of Jesus? I want to worship you. I want my life to be changed from the inside out. And I want you to use me and my family in this church so other people would know about Christ. Here's how we're going to end up our time this morning. I'm going to pray for us. And after I pray for us, we're going to sing the old hymn, I Surrender All. I lay it all down. My life, how we do church, my reason. I'm going to surrender all of that, asking that God would work through me. While we sing that song, we're going to pass the offering plates around. You may have to be creative about how you kind of get those, get those around, but... Um, we're going to pass those offering plates around and we're going to sing that final song as David leads us through that hymn. Let's pray right now. God, thank you for what this church family means to me and to my family. 
God, thank you for the way that over 30 years, uh, Emmaus has been here with roots that go so much further back than that. But over the last 30 plus years, trying to make the gospel known, God, you've brought people, so many people to this area, neighborhoods, and, and the continual growth that continues to happen here. God, thank you for placing us here. Father, we want to be faithful. God, we want to be used by you to share the gospel. God, thank you for the teams that have gone out this morning, the conversations that have happened, the, the relationships that have been built through, through those opportunities. God, thank you for the way that you're leading, ahead of, leading us ahead as a church into the summer with Vacation Bible School and camps happening. Uh, life can get kind of crazy for families during the summer, God, but you're at work there. Father, I pray for those who are gathered here this morning. God, maybe they're distracted by a lot of things in life. Maybe they admit they've, uh, they've not been focused on worship, discipleship, and missions. God, I pray that you would use this morning to draw them back to those things, that they would surrender everything they have to you just so they could worship you, follow Jesus, and be empowered by your spirit. God, we give ourselves to you, and we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.